9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good one. Good one, dude. Good bit. Hey, <laughs> it's taken me 61 episodes to finally do that bit. Give me some goddamn credit. You've shown an incredible self-control, <laughs> real uh, restraint on my part to, yes, to yes. spare you from my awful bits. That is a double entendre. Whoa, phrasing, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> are we still, are we still doing phrasing? Twenty nineteen. Ooh, 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 Nick. Loan offer. Console Crusade podcast. Hi, top of the day's greetings to you. We offer private money lending to companies, businesses, and individuals period, who are in need of financing, period, oh. at a 6% interest rate, period. Interesting. Maximum funding, $50 million. Wow. What do you think? I could really go for some $50 million right about now. You want to take out a crazy $50 million loan from this definitely not real lender and then spend it all and kill ourselves? Let's do it. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I'm here for it. I can trust that person who doesn't know English. He's probably some Nigerian prince that we should take very seriously. Oh, yeah. We've talked to that guy before. <laughs> yeah. What was his goddamn name? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. His name was... I think that other guy was uh, Indian. His name was like Fatima. He's got to be friends with them. I mean, they those people who are just offering out $50 million, they all got to know each other. It's like a secret little cadre of money lenders. Yeah, that was, that was uh, Fatima Buhari. Who, oh yeah, uh, he is. He, she <laughs> was the most legitimate daughter of the president of Nigeria. So you're right. Oh, okay, there we go. They, they're all. It's all connected. Anyway, this is the Console Crusade podcast. We normally talk video games, video game news, the whole the whole thing. But today we're not talking video game news because we saw a movie. Nick Durheim, that's your name. I'm EJ Olson. I'm butchering the intro. I'm so full of soup and noodles right now, Nick. Being full of soup and noodles in your mind, being a fog, is like. Every moment of your existence. It is my default state of being, yes. I feel like by now you should be pretty used to it. Uh, it's exacerbated because I'm outside of my poop schedule. I'm outside of my eat eating, you know, my, my feeding schedule is what I almost said. <laughs> but, you know, every, everything's crazy. It's life, dude. Anyway, we didn't fucking video games. It's been a slow news week. We got E3 coming up. I haven't been playing fuck all for video games because I've been busy, as usual. Uh, but we did... With the boys, go see Detective Pikachu. And that group also included our boy Chris. And you know what? That's the first time in years that we've had the whole group chat together in one place. So kudos to you, Chris, for, for making it happen. It was nice to see you. Oh, but wait. You don't listen to this podcast, so fuck you, Chris. Yeah, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> Shouts out to Drew and Leaf, though. I don't think Drew listens either. Hey, I think Drew does listen. Drew, if you're listening, give us a shout out. Leaf. Don't tell him we said that. <laughs> yeah, Leaf, don't rat him out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just dive into it, man. To take a peek at you, we got invited to go see this thing, and I think your response initially was something about not wanting to see that wretched movie. But you went. You sure? What? Uh, it, the initial, I, I'm going to re refer to the group chat now because it was something along those lines. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? Was it worth the $10? Yeah, man. This is 10 bucks. Obviously, Pokemon's a far cry from like Sonic the fucking Hedgehog, but like, we're not going to spend the money to go see Sonic, right? No. Nah, no. 
I don't think so. Like not even for like a meme. That's like that's not even the money would be fine, but it's just like do I really want to sit there for an hour and a half and watch that unfold? Probably not. It was like we said we we're gonna go see uh Venom. Like that fucking happened. I kinda wish I had saw Venom though. I, I don't know if I would have wanted to see it in theaters. By the way, I found my response to asking about uh going to see Detective Pikachu. I said, I do want to see that nightmare film. Oh, I thought you said you don't want to see the nightmare film. Okay. Common misconception. Do and don't. They're very close together and the the letters that they have and the meaning. See, that was just on me for not reading the thing. Cause I remember even texting in the group chat being like, Nick, are you gonna go? Cause I thought you were like, you're like, fuck that nightmare film. And then you just went dark, dude. You guys are just way more active in that chat. And I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Something to read every day. It's like my own personal Twitter feed. So detective Pikachu, I've got some thoughts on it because I was expecting, I think what I said when we left the theater was that was somehow everything I expected, but also nothing like I thought it would be. Unless you're really good at miming. I think I lost you. Uh Oh, can you hear me? Oh no. Nope. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Are you back? (laughs) Can you hear me? I can kind of hear you keep roboting in and out and you freeze every, every second or so you're frozen right now. Um, I may have a solution to this problem. Hello? Nick Durheim, you're on the Console Crusade podcast. How are you this evening? Hey, what's going on with the internet, dude? Hey, uh, I don't know. My internet was down when I got home from work today. I restarted my router and my computer and everything was fine. I just shut off my VPN. I still have internet, but now Discord literally won't open. It just says failed to update and is spinning on me. Oh, I forgot that it's always active on all my devices. Um, I don't think that's the issue because it's always on, but I mean, I'm getting all all my bars are green, Nick. Your bars are green. Okay, well, that's... Oh! Hey, there you are. (laughs) We're back, boys! (laughs) Fucking Jesus. Okay. Concert Crusade, Detective Pikachu. It was just, uh, it was, it was cute. My little brother's gonna love it. It was a kid's movie, ass kid's movie. Right. And it was funny. I got, I went home this weekend and got into a conversation with my little brother about it. And he said, did you like it? Did you like it? And I said, I think you're going to like it better than Endgame. And not because I mean, he's a huge Marvel fan, but Endgame was bittersweet for him because a bunch of his characters, favorite characters, uh, uh, spoiler alert for Endgame, a bunch of his favorite characters died. And he didn't understand some of the time travel things. He loved the action and stuff, but he came away more confused than, you know, and he walked out during the fucking final battle to go pee. So he missed a bunch of the really cool shit at the end. So, but I was like, I think you're going to like it more than Detective Pikachu. He's like, what? Is it better? Did you like it more? And I said, absolutely not. But I, what I said to him was, Endgame is a movie for adults that kids can love. Detective Pikachu is a movie for kids that adults have to sit through. And despite it being, mildly entertaining. I think the things I enjoyed about it were not what probably a lot of other people enjoyed about it, but, but it, you're right. It's a kid's movie. So yeah, totally. So you kind of have to go into it with that lens of expectation. Otherwise you're going to be sorely disappointed. I was a little surprised at how few nods there were to, to other, you know, little Easter eggs in, in moments from games and the anime. Like there were some, well, it's based off of the, de- the the Detective Pikachu video game itself. 
Right. Which is like a, itself a spinoff and sort of assumes that you have that knowledge and it doesn't really, it's not really referential from what I understand. It's just like, hey, here's a detective story and it just so happens that the Pikachu can talk. And that's sort of like the basis of it. And the cool thing about it is that it takes place in the city where there is no trainer battles. There, It's not like the, the usual fair that you're going through with the other video games where it's just like, this is a city where people and Pokemon coexist and they work together. Right. So in, in, in and of itself, that's sort of an interesting sort of paradigm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, it was an interesting take. Like you said, it's, and I'm okay with that. Like, you know, I didn't need, obviously I haven't played Detective Pikachu, but I didn't need it to be Pokemon Red and Blue. I just thought there'd be more, and you've got 20 years of, of lore to, to point to and do little fun things for diehard fans. And there were some, there was like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when he first gets to the city and he's looking around and it's just a montage of the daily goings on. Yeah. It's just, this is Pokemon going about their day. Just doing the thing. Machamp. Directing traffic because there's a Snorlax asleep on the road, you know that kind of shit. Just All the birds adorable. just like hanging out on the on the light posts and stuff. That's like that was cool. That was a visual treat. Yeah, and oh my gosh, I I think I might have a new top five Pokemon just because of that movie, and that is absolutely Pancham. Oh my god, when the camera panned over, no pun intended, and you see the little uh, no, sorry, not Pancham. Is it Pancham? I think it's Pancham. The little panda with the little the- panda. The little bamboo shoot coming out of his mouth. Right, right, right. Big one. I can't remember what the big one's called because that was what from black and white. I can't. I can't remember. I don't even know. So X and Y. I think it's X and Y. Okay, but yeah, I hardly remember any of those new Pokemon. But it was just adorable and seeing, and then you saw the evolution with the little Pancham crawling on him. And I was like, oh, there we go, dude. He's simultaneously adorable and fucking badass. I also really liked the fight between the Charizard and, and uh, Pikachu. Not yeah. because it was like a satisfying fight, but just because it was like so cool seeing what those moves would look like and like having the little back and forth between Tim and Pikachu where he's like, you should use Volt Tackle. It's got a higher chance to get a critical hit. He's like, when did you become a trainer? Like, right. I don't remember any of my moves. Like, I thought that was a kind of cool sort of nod to, oh, you can only have four moves and this Pikachu's obviously gotten amnesia and can talk for some reason. That right. Kind of thing. So let's do, I just want to do a brief overview of the plot, just really briefly, because I, again, what I liked most about this movie were, were sort of odds and ends and brief moments. But, but the overall plot was interesting. And, and again, I don't know the Detective Pikachu game, but the sort of who done it, you know, we, we're looking for a missing persons who, who, who's responsible for this. There were some obvious twists with, you know, the benevolent rich guy who you knew was going to end up being the bad guy the minute you saw him during that commercial earlier in the movie. Of course. But so this kid is his pops goes missing. Uh, he runs into a talking Pikachu. There's this mystery drug that, you know, enables him to, you know, uh, supposedly understand this creature and the Pokemon are going crazy and uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It all culminates in like Mewtwo, being mind controlled by the main villain and he starts turning people into Pokemon. Like it's so ridiculous and outlandish. I think it's fine. I thought it was really cool. I didn't think it was too expected for him to have the mind control being put on the Mewtwo until they introduced the, that, that thing. Right. As like a a plot point. But after that, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's like a, that's a pretty decent kids movie villain. Like, it's not super service level. He's not trying to destroy the world or take over the world. He's trying to evolve the human race into a better being, which is, in his mind, Pokemon, because they can evolve, right. literally. So I thought that was, like, an interesting sort of character motivation for the main villain to have. 
I don't know why I associate these two things, but this movie, not in its plot or its characters, I, I don't know what it is, but it really reminded me of Spy Kids, like the level of sort of outlandish camp. Like this is such a kids movie. This is dumb and ridiculous, but I love Spy Kids as a kid. Like this is that kind of movie, and I, I watch enough kids movies. Like I, you know, I had little cousins growing up, and now I've got the little brother. So I watch a lot of dumb fucking kids programming. I don't know why this reminded me so much of the Spy Kids trilogy, uh, but, but hey, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for for what it was. I totally understand. I get that, especially since Spy Kids is like a a kids movie version of a pastiche of '60s spy thrillers, right? And this is a kids movie pastiche of like. 30s crime drama like noir Humphrey Bogart bullshit you know did you catch the uh when Justice Smith goes into his pop's apartment the movie playing on the uh the TV in there is a fake movie that was also in Home Alone yeah I thought it was the same movie but I, I didn't like try and actually see if it was I didn't look that up or anything I can't remember I I don't know it's I'm sure it's got a name but I don't know it's a, it's like a parody of another movie yeah. In another old black and white movie, but dude, you know what it is? It's just uh, Calvin and Hobbes. It's Calvin and his film noir oh, alter ego, Tracer Bullet. Yeah, Tracer Bullet. You know, that's <laughs> so cool. I've been uh, I've been reading through Calvin and Hobbes again, man. It just you glean something new from it every damn time. Yeah, like how you say Rosalind's name? <laughs> hey, fuck you! You gonna hold that against me? I literally, when I was six years old, I thought it was Roseanne and the L was silent. Oh. I don't know, dude. Yeah, L's are frequently silent. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't know, man. I was six years old. Get off me, man. You should have seen me trying to pronounce Hermione for the first five years I read Harry Potter. You're a dumb six-year-old. We all know it. Listen, to be fair, most six-year-olds are pretty fucking stupid. And now you're a dumb 26-year-old. You're goddamn right. Not much has changed in 20 years. I'm a lot bigger. I'm like 12 of me as a six-year-old, except for an intellect. <laughs> now you're like three of you i also have fewer baby teeth <laughs> only a couple less <laughs> thankfully so one of the things about the movie that i did like was seeing and i didn't think i was gonna like this it was really cool to see a lot of these creepy 3d renditions these lifelike renditions of the pokemon when i saw the commercial i was like this is awful and uncanny and i don't want this but when i saw the movie i don't think there was a moment where i like you know shuddered and said oh my god get it away it all worked for me i really like all the the Pokemon designs that they went with and they went with very like good choices. I think for the Pokemon that you see walking around and doing their thing. I think maybe the weirdest Pokemon to me was Gengar with that initial fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Against the Blastoise. I thought that was like, I mean, you looked at it and you're like, that's Gengar. You knew immediately what it was, but it was still kind of creepy and weird, but that was just a cool little, a cool little moment. It wasn't really too heavily emphasized or anything. It was just, you know, the two guys walking into the underground fight club, basically, and seeing these Pokemon going at it. But beyond that, I didn't, I don't know if any of them were like bad or anything. It was just, it was, I thought it was a really cool just initially from the get go. I wasn't as, as put off by the Pokemon's designs from the trailer. I remember people talking about how weird it was to see Jigglypuff with hair. And I'm like, it's an animal. What do you expect from it? Some weird like piece of plastic that's animated. Like, that's not good either. Well, it's like, you see the cartoon and you see the, the the sprite art, but then you get something like Super Smash Bros. And it is just this little ball of Kirby. Like, is Kirby going to, if they do an animated Kirby movie, is Kirby going to have hair? No, Kirby doesn't have fucking hair. Like, neither is Jigglypuff, but Jigglypuff has hair. So that's where it's kind of weird sometimes. 
But like, it makes sense. Like you said, it makes sense. Like seeing the scales on Charizard, you're like, oh yeah, he's a fucking dinosaur. He's a goddamn dragon, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's it, Trogdor. <laughs> uh, Trogdor! Uh, listen, Trogdor was a dragon. No. Trogdor was a man. Then he was a dragon. Then he was a dragon, man. <laughs> Chemical R, Nick. This shit was turning Pokemon crazy. Turns out that this was the necessary component to to uh, 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 getting evil Mewtwo to fuse the humans with their Pokemon. And there's this whole thing, you know, big government conspiracy, big corporate conspiracy, rather, whatever. Dude, I really liked Mewtwo's portrayal in this in this movie. And it's it's a far cry from the original Pokemon movie where Mewtwo was written really well, but it was really cool to see Mewtwo like as this big, powerful being like that. I think he came off the best as, as far as Pokemon goes like that is exactly, that's exactly it. This is what he would look like, what he'd sound like. This is what, you know, the way he moves. And we got a little shadow Mewtwo action, which is cool. We got a little plot twist where Mewtwo wasn't the bad guy. Like that was cool. I liked it. Uh, did you notice in, um, the, the villains, weird little penthouse chamber. He has got those statues of Arceus and Dialga and Palkia. Oh yeah. Thought that was pretty nice. That's how you knew he was a goddamn villain, dude. He's got a couple of golden Pokemon statues all imposing. Come on. We all knew that guy was the bad guy. Your connection is so fucking shitty that your video stream is like 320p and you keep cutting in and out. How it's am really I, annoying. I don't understand what's fucking happening. My internet, I'm hardlined into this bitch. But I know it's you because you're running your bullshit through a VPN, so it's bouncing your signal across Russia and China or some shit. My VPN's been off. I close out of it. The only thing I can do is reset my fucking router again, but uh, we don't really have time for that. But anyway, do you have any other thoughts about Detective Pikachu before we talk about Game of Thrones? I thought it was fun. It was a good little kids movie. Uh, the last video game movie I saw uh, was the Ratchet and Clank movie, and people didn't like that maybe. I don't know what people thought of that, but I thought that was fine too. People saying this is like the best video game movie is like, I don't know, maybe not. What are your expectations for one? And then who is the audience for this and another? Like, I don't know. It's fucking, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's doing well. It's, uh, we're going to get a sequel. Definitely. I felt like the movie would have been so much better and Pikachu would have been much more charismatic if it was not Ryan Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds took away from that role for me. I just I don't know what when I, it was like okay that's that's Ryan Reynolds and he's he's kind of he's sort of got the dick dickhead thing going on and I just I, I've never been a fan of his shtick it kind of works for Deadpool for me but I, I just thought like Pikachu's charisma was knocked down several pegs because of who was voicing him yeah I was fine with him but it's not ideal it wasn't my wouldn't be my first choice yeah or my second or third but. It seemed like he at least, uh, I don't know, just like his interactions with the the marketing of the movie, it seemed like he had some sort of atta- attachment and like connection to like wanting this to succeed. And like, I don't know, just a, and the, on a meta level, it seemed like he gave a shit about this being a good movie. It wasn't just like a paycheck for him. So on, on that aspect, that was like, that was nice to see, but it could have been some unknown. I mean, he had a bunch of other unknowns going on in there. Yeah. The ending where it turns out Pikachu is this kid's dad the whole time and and uh, Mewtwo's like he's been with you the whole time and he fucking unfuses them and shit like the people we were with okay fucking Leaf and Drew over here 
to the left of me. Leaf, he had a couple of beers. I don't know. When he fucking realized that, spoiler alert, Ryan Reynolds was Pikachu the whole time and that his old man was there and they sort of, you know, dude, they were dying laughing, dude. Like, Leaf was curled up in a fucking ball in his theater chair trying to keep his shit under control. And I didn't know what they were laughing about. It turns out just when he realized what happened... He lost it. He's like, suspension of disbelief out the fucking window. I can't believe they did that. And I was like, suspension of disbelief? Really? At a movie full of fucking Pokemon and talking creatures? and Yeah, and the main like villain plot was to fuse Pokemon together. And you're surprised that it turns out that the dad was fused to the Pikachu? Like, okay. I don't know. I thought that was fine. It was just like, that kind of sinks any hope for a sequel for me. Because like, what's it going to be? Him and his dad hanging out together? No, people wanted to see the Pikachu talk and drink coffee and be funny about that. But now it's just going to be a regular ass Pikachu. There'll, there'll be some, there'll be some dumb plot device that reverts Pikachu to, you know what I mean? There'll be something fucking stupid. Yeah, miss me with that bullshit. There goes all the mystery about it. Like this movie is like a mystery movie. You can't really do a sequel to a mystery movie that easily. If they solve the main mystery in the first movie, like could they? Uh, I mean, just do something set in that world. Yeah, but it would miss any like point of it. Like it's not Detective Pikachu anymore. It's a, a detective dad. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds again. Also, this kid couldn't recognize his dad's own voice. What a shitty kid. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Justice Smith sucks ass, dude. It's like if someone called you on your phone and it was like your dad, and you're like, who is this? Is this Pikachu? <laughs> <laughs> I got to say the CGI in this movie sometimes was really, really great. And sometimes you're like, this looks like a fucking PS2 game. <laughs> like, I don't know. There was no, like, the opening shot, you see the fucking Pidgeys and shit, and it looks awful. But then they show, uh, I don't know what bird Pokemon it was. They showed some other bird Pokemon, and it looked really, really realistic. And I was like, the Braviary looked really fucking tight. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, well, what's going on here? Like, I, it just, it, there was no in between. It either looked great or it looked I mean, awful. It has to do with, like, backgrounds, I think. Every time you would see, like, birds with, like, skyline behind them. It'd be completely awful. Uh, okay. Uh, the guys were joking about how the Torterra scene ate up their entire VFX budget. There's this whole scene where the the Earth is completely... Uh, it's Torterra, right? Yeah. I mean, it was completely useless. The only thing that that, th- that scene did was hurt Pikachu. But Pikachu could have been hurt by just Greninja's, you know? So it was, it was a pretty worthless little scene. It was cool that the Greninja's, like were actually cool. Yeah, these these asshole ninjas. <laughs> yeah, and then uh and then use them appropriately. Yeah, you know. Yeah, someone played Smash Bros and was like, I got a good idea. Imagine. So yeah, movie's fine. Whatever. That's our video game shit for the day. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. I don't want to talk about last week because if I'm being legitimately honest with you, Nick, I don't know what the fuck happened last week. I just remember it was stupid and awful and I was like, I don't give a fuck. Last week I thought I had some good scenes, but in general it was had a lot of weird bad character turns. Like, I remember you saying that the bronze scene was bad. I actually liked the bronze scene. Oh, okay, that's what I, that was last week. The bro, oh, my God. Brod comes waltzing down through an armored fucking, you know, just happens to stumble into the two guys he's looking for, sitting together, unguarded, comes in, throws his fucking dick on the table, completely out of character, completely ignoring his character arc, has some shitty fucking dialogue, shoots that fucking thing, quickly reloads it. It just has this awful, like, rush encounter, and then just he's like, don't die, motherfuckers. Ha <laughs> ha! And fucking Lee, like, to me, that was so, again, this is spo- a spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, that was so emblematic of everything that this season 
has been about. It's just D&D are giving us all these shitty fan pandering fan service moments, but they're not giving any giving us any of the logical ones. All the moments we want to see because it makes sense, we're not getting. And the rest of these are just fucking shitty forced out of nowhere. But what I did like in the last episode was I thought um what's her name? The plays Daenerys. I thought her performance was actually really strong throughout the entire episode especially considering how weak it was in episode two, episode one with like her and Sansa. I thought that was really badly portrayed and kind of poorly done, but like her coping with the loss of Jorah and just being like an outsider in all these events. I thought that was really well um, acted. Maybe like the plot and like the reasoning behind it is a little bit weak and it's not what the the viewers want to see, but I thought it fit well with her character and that all these losses that she's like, gone through is really stacking up on her and I thought that was actually well done yeah I mean I get I, I just I was so far removed because of how awful the writing's been how you know the the plots completely falling apart you know characters aren't behaving the way they they would their their arcs completely thrown out the window for a couple of shitty moments like I, I I just I didn't notice the performance I literally sat through the whole episode going fuck this fuck this fuck this I will say this this last episode had a lot of like visually a lot of really great moments some of the action was really, really cool. And so I enjoyed this episode from a filmmaking standpoint more than any of the other episodes this season. So I'm glad I was able to glean some sort of entertainment from it. But it was all overshadowed by, oh, what the fuck are they doing? Oh, my God. I can't believe they did that. No, don't do that. Why are they doing this? Let's talk about the biggest thing. We got the fucking heel turn from Daenerys. The, the internet is divided on this, okay? Some people are mad because they felt like, a couple of men ruined this strong female character. And then the other half are mad that this, in a way, was the logical conclusion to her arc, but they fucked it up by trying to cram it into one episode. Yeah, that's that's the trouble. I mean, you've kind of seen it brewing for the last, like, four episodes, but it's 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 so incredibly rushed. And just hearing from... I don't know how behind the scenes it is, but just knowing that they had offered uh, D&D, you know, do 10 episodes, we'll pay for it. Like HBO wanted them to end this series right, but they're just so divested of like any involvement. They don't want to, they don't give a shit about this. And like, it's so apparent. And that's like the worst part about it is knowing that. Fuck those guys. And like the worst part about watching any episode is hearing them talk about it afterwards. Yep. Yep. They're fucking idiots. They are fucking morons. From last week, well, Danny uh, forgot about the Iron Fleet. Kind of forgot. <laughs> kind of, you know, and then this week, you know. When three scenes prior, they literally talked about it. <laughs> they forgot that you wrote this unbeatable pirate douchebag instead of how cool he was in the books. You made this awful villain. This fucking who, caricature. I mean, he he knew that, like, the, the, the actor, I saw some, like, comment on his Instagram that he had made where he was like, yeah, this would have been, like, he commented like, yeah, I was really excited to play the the dark magician warlock lord that Euron was, but then he saw the script and was like, okay, well, this is what I'm dealing with. This week on the behind the scenes, they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think Danny really thought this through. She just sort of snapped. And it's like, way to, way to throw your own fucking work under the bus, because in a way, Danny's turn has been foreshadowed, right, in, in that every season she's She's burning something. She says, I will take what is mine by fire and blood. And 
you know, and I've been saying it. Like I said, I binged the whole fucking show in three weeks, and I saw from the very beginning that she's been an awful character. She's power hungry. She's short sighted. She is ill tempered. She's Cersei without the cunning of the competency, like we, we we talked about. And they just haven't portrayed any of that well. You know, it's it's funny people say, well, she's done great things. She's done a lot of really bad things just for kind of noble reasons sometimes or what people construe as noble, even though it was all in a bid for power. But also like, yeah, she like crucified the slave masters. So like you're rooting for her, but she's still fucking cruel and gnarly. And now she snaps Nick in the love of her life has betrayed her and she's losing everything she's spent her whole life working for. She snaps yeah, they didn't portray that well, but it, that's the one thing D&D got right. That this is where her character should have ended up. They should have just done it in a way that wasn't fucking awful. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with her. I wouldn't even say it's a turn. It's just like what she's doing. You know, like it's not out of character for her to completely fucking burn down this city. Like, I think the only thing out of character is they don't really establish her avoiding her own troops. Like, it seems like it's just a bunch of mayhem. And I wonder if we're going to see any sort of regret of that in the next episode. But at the same time, (laughs) there's one episode left. Like, I don't know what people were expecting with two episodes left. Like, what would happen? Like, I I don't know. The only thing I was really disappointed by in this episode was uh, Jamie actually going back to Cersei. I thought that was really disappointing. I have been so resistant to the Jamie redemption arc. I have been steadfast in saying, and again, because I watched this in such a condensed fashion, Nick, you know, I, I think I have a different perspective than a lot of people. A lot of people had two years to stew on Jamie, but he's a good guy now. Jamie was always kind of a piece of shit who really did it all either for himself or for Cersei. Well, everyone in this show is a piece of shit at some point, except for like, the very few, so you kind of have to like understand that you have to root for some pieces of shit sometimes. Jamie did one good thing, and that was to go back for Brienne. But that didn't make sense for his character. It didn't make sense for the plot. It just sort of happened, and you're like, okay, I guess that's what Jamie's doing now. But that was it. And then when you get to the fucking, when he gets to Winterfell, he's like, oh, I'd do it again. I'd fuck you up. I'd push you out the fucking window. I'd kill my fucking cousin. But then the next scene, he's like, I'm sorry, Bran. Like, there's no consistency. There's no regard for what he's gone through. So I finally, by the end, I finally, I, I didn't, I wasn't on board with the redemption arc, but I acquiesced to it, okay? I said, all right, this is what's happening with the character. So I acquiesced to it, and then boom, he fucking leaves Brienne, and you, you, you hold out a glimmer of hope thinking he's just being a dick so that he can just cut ties, and he's going to go back, and he's going to, like, sacrifice himself, kill Cersei. no. They fucking go back, they hug, they have this moment, they cry. You know, the last time I saw each other, Cersei's like, I'll fucking kill you. Then she tries to have Bronn go fucking kill him. And then she's all like, oh my god, Jamie, I don't want to die. I want our baby to live. And they go out together in this fucking shitty, manufactured moment of pseudo-peace is what they're going for. Like, they're at peace together. All that ever mattered was them. And then they fucking die in the most fucking, you know, inane fucking way. It's so goddamn stupid. Hey, man, Cersei said she would kill Tyrion and sent Bronn to kill Tyrion, but then when she had the chance to kill Tyrion, she just uh, didn't. <laughs> so Multiple chances to kill Tyrion and just didn't. That's, again, that's that's what made sense. The last episode didn't make any sense. You know, she, she goes in with the dragons. Yeah, and you talking about Cersei being clever and competent, and I haven't seen that at all. 
It's just that the show writers forgot to write consequences for everything that she's done past season five. Yeah. Like you had a great arc where she's like, okay, I'll let the sparrows gain power as my own power play. And that turns on her and like totally bites her in the ass. But then she just blows everyone up and no one is like mad at her or gives a shit. And they all know about it. They all know that Cersei blew up the sept and they, she like murdered the fucking, all the Tyrells, like her own uncle. Like she murdered everyone, but no one gives a shit. So it's like, okay, well then King's Landing doesn't matter anyway. Burn it all. I'll give a shit. Fuck it. Like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of the show logic has just been insane. Like I said, with the, the iron fleet, suddenly these giant, the, the, the scorpions, right? They're just throwing these off, reloading them quick. They take out a whole fucking dragon, just like that out of nowhere. And then it's like, why didn't she go around them? Or why didn't she fly high? And then do exactly what she did in the most recent episode. Like, it doesn't make any sense. She goes back to Dragonstone to have a breakdown and come back and do the same thing she should have done. They march out together to go try and negotiate. And they, like, your fucking dragon's there. She can her and her 20 friends. Yeah, you can fucking fly around, kill everybody. Boom, it's over. Or, like, Cersei. You could have literally killed everybody with a fucking bow and arrow and that gigantic fucking crossbow. Like, what are you doing? You kill Masande and you're like, okay, we'll see you next time. Like, it, it was such a dumb fucking moment. I can't believe that. I, I just can't believe it. And yeah, the showrunners really, really poorly communicated like the capabilities of all these different characters and like the dragons and the, the scorpions. Like, it's so so messy and badly portrayed Ugh. it's a really big bummer i want to mention one little, little shout out when i saw jamie walk up on the beach and then out from the water comes Euron. i was like oh fuck here's this asshole i literally said that out loud like <laughs> what the f- oh, fuck this fuck all this fuck Euron. what a shitty character what an awful rendition of a wonderful character into a just an awful awful piece of shit not like not like the cool awful either. Not 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 cool awful. Just bad. He's just a bad character. Jon Snow has been so beyond useless. The only thing he's done this season is have a weird voice. Like his voice changed and his accent changed and he sounds like shit. And he nah, he's always sounded like that. He's always had that weird little Northman bark to it. Who oh got the realm of men? You know that. I mean, kind. kind of it's something's different about it. I don't know what it, he's trying to sound deeper and it's fucking off putting. I don't know. But he's literally been useless. Like, he's done nothing. He stood there looking weird. What a pussy, dude. I'm so over this fucking guy that you finally, you finally start rooting for. You're like, all right, the one decent fucking guy left. Out of all the amazing characters they fucking killed in this show through four seasons. I hate to break it to you, but they made him worthless on purpose because they want you, the viewer, to be like, man... Him being like in love with Daenerys is the reason why he's worthless. They're trying to make you to make that that realization that he's so like bowed down, like he's he's listening to someone who's a piece of shit. So he's therefore not a good character anymore. So that so that you're rooting for him when he finally kills Daenerys or whatever happens, you know, like fucking right. who gives a shit? <laughs> it's fucking yeah. It's it's just so poorly done that it's it's i i'm so divorced from from what's happening i'm just i mean to be fair though i was like put off when they started when everyone was like chanting for john to be king in the north i'm like really this did not work for you at all last time why do you think this will work this time (laughs) Right. right yeah he's been um he's been real fucking lame but 
you know, it's funny how his whole thing basically revolves around like, I'm going to be Ned Stark. I'm going to follow his ideals. And that's gotten him into a lot of trouble. I mean, I got Ned Stark killed, but it's gotten John into a fuck ton of trouble trying to be like, I'm going to be, you know, well, I swore myself to her. It's like, dude, all you got to do is lie for one second and everything will be fine. You just got to fucking lie to the most evil bitch in the universe, but instead you're being a noble piece of shit. And guess what? The one fucking thing that Ned did that was actually good was keeping the fucking secret for his sister that Jon Snow is actually a Targaryen. That's the one good fucking thing Ned's honor did. And that's the one fucking thing Jon Snow couldn't do was keep his fucking yapper shut to protect some people. And guess what happened? It got a lot of fucking people killed. Yeah, well, not a lot of useful people. Well, no of that matters. No one that matters has actually died yet because fuck this show. Um, literally, like, they keep killing people thinking we're going to give a fuck. Like, they killed Masande. Like, I don't give a shit. That's supposed to be the emotional fucking stakes of this episode as you kill this chick. I don't fucking care. Like, they killed the hound, but, like, that's the way he wanted to die. So, call that a victory. Let, okay, let's talk Clegane Bowl. I have to say, in a vacuum, I like Clegane Bowl. In a vacuum, it was cool. It was a cool fight. You saw weird zombie Gregor. The scene when they when he tackles him goes out the window is beautifully shot. I thought it was really cool the way the music played with it. Like I thought that was cool. I thought it was a little bit the the it was really jarring the choice they made editing it back and forth between Arya getting like struck down by rubble and then oh I love the game bowl. I thought that was really bad and it like took me away from the intimacy of the fight between those two brothers and it turned into like this huge mess where instead of being like. You know how the, the Bourne series has that messy, shaky cam and it ends up working really well? This was like Cloverfield where it doesn't work very well. And we know that this director has wonderful action scenes and like we see longer shots of Arya being like running through the streets and struggling with all the shit that's happening. And that was really cool and intimate. It was like really close and like you saw these emotions playing on her face and like the fear. But we did not get that with uh, Sandor and Gregor. Like they're just, it was just a, a big zombie mountain. And Sandor getting like a couple face shots where he's like laughing and like you get that that emotional punch. But besides that, it keeps cutting to Arya, who I don't give a shit about in this situation. Like, show me the two fucking brothers fighting. Not this girl who's fighting a city falling on her. Like, what's the what's the what's the parallel there? I, I disagree because for a few reasons for just strictly from an editing standpoint, like I, I don't disagree that like emotionally what they were going for there didn't land for me. But from an editing perspective, I thought it was really well done. The way they're transitioning between the different shots between the two of them, I thought it had a great pace. And and there's only so much you can do with a fucking fight like that. Well, I'm I'm saying it was well executed. Like they did the thing well, but they shouldn't have done that thing. Yeah, emotionally, it was like they they were wanting to, to capitalize. You know, the the crescendo of this whole journey between Arya and the Hound from season two or whatever was it season two. Um, and also Arya like, going all this way just to be told, like, don't do it. And she's like, oh, okay, you're right. Thanks. That, that was fucking dumb. That was fucking like, I can't believe anyone in that writer's room was like, yep, this is how we're going to do it. Like, that was fucking stupid. So I agree there. So it lost all the stakes. I'm like, okay, Arya's here because she's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And she deserves to get crushed by a building at this point. Bro, Arya should have been Davos. Davos is leading the fucking charge. The whole series we talk about how, oh. I'm not much of a fighter, you know, I, you know, uh, that's not for me. Not, not great with the sword. Well, yeah. He could have at least been on the shore when, uh, Jamie and Euron were fighting. Like Euron could have killed Davos and that could have been like a, I would have preferred that than Davos was fighting in the streets for no reason. Or, or Davos 
ends up in King's Landing. He's not leading the goddamn charge, but he ends up there and he pl- takes Arya's place. And and suddenly, like we actually care. Here's a character because no one thought Arya was gonna die that way after everything she'd been through. We knew she wasn't gonna fucking die again without a reunion with John and without you know. So it was like if Davos was there, we would have actually thought like, hey, holy shit, they're about to kill someone we actually like. Here are some stakes. It's not Masande. It's not fucking Ed. It's not fucking you know uh, even Jorah. Who by the end you're just like, bro, shit, I got off the pot. You know, you would actually think for a second like, hey, maybe this is how Davos goes out. Instead, it's like Arya's like, okay, cool shots here, but uh, there's no I, no uh, uh, actual stakes here because you know she's not going to die. Jorah should have never survived having grayscale. I, I, you know, I liked it. And now in retrospect, I look at like, I think Jorah is a much more, and again, this is obviously show Jorah. Uh, he's a really tragic character. He's, I mean, every time he fights back, he fights back, he gets shit on. He's banished multiple times. He, the, this woman he's in love with doesn't love him. Like, he's disowned by his family, and then John shows up and is like, hey, dude, I'm your I'm your dad's new son. Also, I'm going to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> like, And then he dies <laughs> protecting her just for her to fucking lose her shit like this. And this whole thing he fought for, like, you're going to be a good queen. You're going to, you know, bring peace to the Seven Realms. And she fucking genocides King's Landing. And it's like... Damn, Jorah. That fucking sucks, dude. I wish he was there to see it. That would have been a really interesting. Like, there was no. Like, John's reaction is just. I didn't care about what John thought because John's been fucking useless like that the whole time. It's just him staring, going, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Like, and again? you're supposed to get that with Tyrion walking through the city. But really, that just emphasizes how stupid Tyrion's been this entire season and making the wrong choices and believing in the wrong people. Like, why would he ever trust that Cersei would do the right thing either? Yep. And he even tells Varys because he knows deep down that Danny isn't going to be a good queen, at least not the good queen that he wants. Yeah. Danny would probably be a, a better leader than John would because she at least has like the balls to fucking do something about it. Whereas John is just going to fuck off in the gods would and be like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm Ned Stark. No. Again. John is shown to be a very competent leader. He's intelligent. You can be, be like competent, but he wouldn't be uh, effective. I don't just, I, I totally disagree with that. He, he, he lives by Ned Stark's role. He's like, you passed the sentence. Mis- yeah. Look how, that, look how that worked for him in King's Landing. He got his head chopped off in like three months. But, but I'm just saying the, the principle is the, like when he was a uh, uh, Lord commander, he did difficult things. He didn't want to do because that's what he had to do as a leader. Yeah. But that was, that's a little bit different. That's like, you know, people are there because they're all assholes and actually being, a good person is like the only way you can make friends and having friends is the way you survive. And that's the way he got elected to be like Lord commander of the, the night's watch. But in King's landing, being a good person is the last thing you want. And that's the way you get backstabbed and manipulated and killed. So we've seen time and time again, only the shittiest people actually succeed as being an effective ruler in King's landing. So this is like if Daenerys gets the, the throne, I mean, she could be the Lord, the queen of ashes or whatever. Yeah. But fuck it. She said that she wanted to break the wheel. Burn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I'm hoping. Uh, I, I don't know. She needs to die. And it's like, it's probably not going to be John. Maybe it will be John. And it's going to be this whole, again, this pandering nonsense. But, you know, she needs to fucking, she needs to go. Um, I hate how they've done Tyrion. I, this is what I was most afraid of based on last season when they kind of showed that he's kind of an idiot now. They really leaned into that hard, which really sucks. He totally flip-flopped as a character, and that's just because D&D are fucking idiots, and they can't write a goddamn script. They don't know how to write a goddamn character, 
and and Tyrion suffered the most for it because he was one of the most well written. So I so he suffered the most. Um, the scene with Varys at the beginning, I liked it and I didn't like it. I, I liked the moment, but then I thought about it. And I said that doesn't quite track for me. You know, it, it, he walked in, he says it was me, and and Varys is like, "Yep," and he's like, "You know, goodbye, old friend." And and Tyrion, ha- it's like, "Bro, really?" And he's like, "I hope." You know, I hope I die. You know, I hope it's worth it. Meaning, I, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope I was he wrong. He says that. Um, I I think Tyrion and Varys they should have been flip flopped. Their roles should have been flip flopped. It should have been Tyrion who was skeptical and who was like, "This is bullshit." And Varys who's like, "You know, but she's the best hope for the realm." And and I I just I just don't. You know, did you catch that Varys was trying to poison uh, Daenerys at the yeah. beginning? Okay, yeah, I didn't catch that on uh, on first watch. Um, and then, and then obviously I'm like, oh, okay, that, oh yeah, she's not eating. She works in the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Um, if only that had worked, we could have avoided all this mess. Just Cersei in general has been dumb for the past, like three seasons. Just standing at the top of the tower, being all haughty and successful up to this point. Like this is like the one time she's failed and she should have failed other times too. And it's, I'm fine with her character staying that way and being like so confident because why wouldn't she be? But I mean, like his last episode, she just killed a dragon for nothing. Like, right. But I don't know. I think Cersei was fine at the beginning, but then just the whole her and Jamie thing sucks. Kyburn got squished. She's like, whatever. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty much it for like that episode, I guess. Overall, it just, uh, I mean, how often can we say it was fucking you know, poorly written trash. I don't know. It sucks because it's, it is a well-produced show and, and I don't know. It's like becoming the cool thing to hate on the show. And so it's becoming the, 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 the counter to that online is like, you know, the few people, the few casual idiots who think this is, you know, and you know, I, if you like it, that's fine. Yeah. And overall, I would say that this was not a bad episode. Like there are things I don't like about it, but those are more emblematic of like everything else they've done so far and the choices they've made. But this being like a logical conclusion from those choices, it actually played out pretty well. And I like what happened and uh, where characters ended up being. It's just that the way they got there is kind of shitty sometimes. Yeah, I think it was a, it was the most entertaining episode of the season, but it was you know similarly poorly written, and it's hard for me to. Suspend, suspend my disbelief and just say, oh, I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is. When it's like, God damn, you guys, it's so like, I've watched a thousand YouTube videos of guys who rewrite the show in two minutes. And it's like, oh, they could have kept all the major plot points the same, but like given weight to these decisions and, and not completely betraying these characters you spent a decade developing and, and actually adding some stakes and like the Night King could have been relevant and Cersei could have been relevant and Danny could have had a proper heel turn and like, all these things, it would have been so simple. And you're like, God, it just, it'll always bug me. It'll never not bug. I will never be able to watch this season and just, all right, this is what it is. You know, this this is what it is. I, I, it'll never be able to. Yeah. And I think you just have to avoid as much meta commentary as you can. Well, I think that's the, that's the key to enjoying something more is to not hear other people's opinion on it because that's going to poison you. Yeah. To a degree, to a degree, you're right. And, and this is like, a, you know, this is a social event. Twitter lights up when when Game of Thrones is uh, has premiered. So yeah, and I don't think that's for the benefit of Game of Thrones either. No, but it's you know it's I gotta say 
I didn't watch Game of Thrones for eight years, but I have everybody I follow has watched it. All of NBA Twitter, this is like NBA and Game of Thrones, dude. Back on Grantland and now with the Ringer, like that's a huge thing for them. So I've always followed it. Bill Simmons talks about his goddamn podcast. Like, like I've I've always been sort of here and hearing things and whatever and disregarding it. No, they've never been mad about this. It has always met expectations. People have always been satisfied. It's always been like, oh my god, what's the what's happening next? And it's the first time where it's like collectively the majority is like wow this sucks and you know if if the majority of casual fans are pissed about it you know it's bad right like mm-hmm. and again i don't want to take that away if someone does like it i don't want to take that away from you and and by me or you or anybody else calling out and saying hey this thing fucking sucks because of x y and z it's not like a personal affront to to, to these casual people who are enjoying it like it's like you can enjoy it we're not attacking you for not liking it but like we think it's awful and here's why and that's this is just us ruminating on it so yeah i think it's just it's hard to it's hard to talk about game of thrones in a lot of ways just because of how easy it is to devolve into just talking shit about the things that stuck out as being bad and I think it's because there's so much that is good like it's such a well-made show like you said it's so well produced and this episode in particular, like Sapochnik is just an excellent director. He did Battle of the Bastards. He did the way too dark uh, fight against the Night King. But like besides the the editing choice they made there, like that was a really well shot episode too. And it just, it belies it when the writing is so poor and these expectations that you've got to have, like people talk about subverted expectations. Like that's the big meme right now. Yeah. Is like, yeah, this season's really subverting my expectations, aka it's shitty when I thought it might be good. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, you can read countless essays about how they're doing it wrong by, you know, you, you have expectations for a reason. And just by doing the thing you weren't expecting doesn't make it surprising. Sometimes it just makes it shitty. Yeah. And that's sort of been like the season in a nutshell. But I don't know. It's really hard to have expectations especially since i'm coming from a book background and they've obviously taken liberties and they've changed stuff they've had to and i don't begrudge them that but man going from like how fully rede- like you're talking about how you never really bought into the jamie redemption but like if you read the books and you get like his person his point of view and mm. his personal demons and like his choices that he made and like why he made them he's such a a more empathetic character okay. and you really like He's he's like pitiable and really he's got a lot of pathos and seeing what they've done to him in this season in particular it's like he rolls up to Winterfell for two episodes then decides oh you know what JK lol I'm gonna go back and just die in my sister's arms because I don't have any character progression whatsoever which could have been cool that could have been a choice they made and it could have been well executed but they just instead they had three episodes to do it and they they rushed it yeah Big bummer, big bummer uh, uh, for everyone who's in, invested in this. And listen, Disney. Only one more week of this. Disney. You've already fucked Star Wars in the fucking ass against its will. Okay, you have done everything in your power to ruin something so many people loved in a way that not even George Lucas could ruin. And that's that's like. That's the fucking special Olympics of ruining things, right? That you know what I mean? Like you could you fucked it up 
in a way George Lucas couldn't even, and he tried, god damn it, he fucking tried, <laughs> okay? Do one thing right. Do not give D&D a fucking Star Wars anything. Yeah, that's right. They've got a Star Wars TV show, right, that they're going to do? I, I, I heard it was a TV show. I heard it was a Star Wars movie trilogy. I don't fucking know. Don't do it. I think I think that's conflating the, the Ryan Johnson deal with... Uh, the D and D deal, maybe. I, someone at work was like, "I, I saw a TV show. Someone pulled up an article saying, uh, I don't know. Either way, don't let them go fucking near with a ten foot pole. They're awful. They're garbage. Let George R. R. Martin write your fucking Star Wars, okay? You know what I mean? Like, like don't don't fucking give it to fucking D and D. These guys are fucking jackoffs. And you know what? They're probably more talented than me in in some respects, right? They've obvi- they're obviously doing something I can only dream of doing. Um, but they let them just adapt. They did a, a fairly good job adapting. Right. I also wonder how many other people were in on that. Like, what was the writers' room like, and how has that evolved? How has that crew changed over the years? Uh, and how much no, power? No way of knowing. <laughs> well, right. But how, you know, how much power does D and D have now versus when they started? Were they more reined in by, or were there more checks and balances along the way versus now, where it's like, well, these guys are gods. Let them do what they want. Um, I just think they've shown they don't have a respect in the way that, like you said, HBO offered them fucking all the money in the goddamn world to do whatever they wanted. They could have done this for four more seasons and done something magnificent, but instead they said, fuck it, we want to do six episodes and we want to fucking go. And like they said in an interview, like when this fucking finale premieres, I'm going to be fucking drunk and and I'm done with this forever. And it's like... Drunk and offline. Right. And it's like, I get that on one hand, but it's like... Like, nobody had any fucking beef with the Breaking Bad ending. Vince Gilligan wasn't like, fuck you guys, I'm going into hiding. Oh, uh, you know, you know, there's people that didn't like Breaking Bad's ending. It's inevitable. There's going to be people that don't like it. Right. But I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It was Breaking Bad's probably the golden standard for how you end a show. We wrap up all the characters logically, emotionally, powerfully, uh, and, and, and give something. Sounds like you didn't watch Lost. Oh my god! You know now what? That's how you end a show. <laughs> I, the Lost, The Sopranos. You know, fucking Seinfeld even had a better ending than this. Although Seinfeld, the more I think about it, had a decent ending. You know, and people have turned around on uh, Sopranos ending also. I, I think part of the Sopranos beef was that it was such a shock, shocking. Like people didn't know. Like, wait, was that the ending? You know, if they had just cut to black and shown the HBO logo people probably would have received it better, but it just cut to black and then did, like, that was it. And people didn't know. Like, I think it was more of like a, what the fuck than like a definitive, like powerful thing. Um, the Seinfeld thing, people right. fucking hated for years, but looking back, it's like, here's a fucking show about wretched people being wretched. And now they're finally getting their comeuppance for being awful fucking people, you know, getting arrested and going to trial and shit. And have all those people coming in and being like, these guys are awful. And here's why it's like, Oh Yeah. They're fucking awful. And that's kind of a funny way to end it. But yeah, like, it's like a clip show way of ending a TV show where it's like, oh, here's a callback to all these things that happened in prior seasons. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, Game of Thrones, uh, D&D, fuck you guys. You really fucked this up. We got the finale next week. Whatever. I don't, whatever. Anyway, um, it's getting late. This has been a fucking mess of a podcast with the technical difficulties and uh, Nick pooped yeah. and you know uh, I did. It felt really nice. That's I'm glad. I'm glad you get a good one. You get a good one in. Got that? I got that GP. That okay. good poop. That good GP. Okay. Oh, uh, find us online. We're on Twitter. Console underscore crusade. Nick is fresh till death on Twitter. I am e jiggle. 
uh, hit us up, say some shit, Leaf. I know you got something to say about our uh, Game of Thrones take. Uh, whatever. Come at us. He's probably got more to say about uh, Detective Pikachu. To um, be honest, dude, he lost. He lost it, dude. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> very funny. Very funny. I agree. Yeah. All right. Meow. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>